For God, we wait for you, and in your word, we trust. By the power of your spirit, set our hearts and minds on the source of life and peace. Jesus Christ, our Savior, in whose name we pray, amen. In the last four weeks, our readings from the Gospel of John have told us of people who encountered Jesus and who found themselves changed, transformed. First, remember we had Nicodemus asking questions of Jesus in the night. Second, a Samaritan woman met Jesus as a man with no bucket at a deep well. Third, a man born blind was healed and he believed. And today, today we meet a, a dead man named Lazarus and his grieving sisters, Mary and Martha. Remember that John's Gospel describes seven signs or stories that include a miracle that signifies, that stands for much more than an impact on that one person and their circle of family and friends. These signs tell us not just about who Jesus is, but about who he is to us individually. In the next to the last chapter of this gospel, John tells us why he wrote the book. He said, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that, so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. You can look at this passage from John 11 that we're about to read as having six sections. The first 16 verses or so introduce Lazarus. They describe Jesus talking with the disciples and finally taking the trip across the Jordan River to this little town called Bethany on the east side of the Mount of Olives to the home of his friends. The next 11 verses, Jesus has a conversation with Martha, and then in the next 11 or so verses, he has a conversation with Mary and the mourners who are gathered. And then in verses 38 to 42, Martha protests, and Jesus prays. In the following few verses, Jesus calls Lazarus from the tomb, and finally in the last verses we'll read, we learn of the response to the raising from the dead. So listen now for God's word as we read from the 11th chapter of John. And again, I'm using that common English Bible, that newer translation in the language we use today. A certain man, Lazarus, was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. This was the Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So his, the sisters sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, the one whom you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness isn't fatal. It's for the glory of God so that God's son can be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was. 
After two days, he said to his disciples, let's return to Judea again. The disciples replied, Rabbi, the Jewish opposition wants to stone you, but you want to go back? Jesus answered, Aren't there 12 hours in the day? Whoever walks in the day doesn't stumble because they see the light of the world. But whoever walks in the night does, does stumble because the light isn't in them. He continued, our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I am going in order to wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's, he's sleeping, he'll get well. They thought that Lazarus was in a, that Jesus meant that Lazarus was in a deep sleep, but Jesus had spoken about Lazarus' death. Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. For your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you can believe. Let's go to him. Then Thomas, the one called Didymus, said to the other disciples, let us go too so that we may die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was a little less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to comfort Martha and Mary after their brother's death. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him while Mary remained in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha replied, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, God's son, the one who is coming into the world. After she said this, she went and spoke privately to her sister Mary. The teacher is here and he's calling for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to Jesus. He hadn't entered the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were comforting Mary in the house saw her get up and quickly and leave, they followed her. They assumed she was going to mourn at the tomb. When Mary arrived where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying also, he was deeply disturbed and troubled. He asked, where have you laid him? They replied, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to cry. The Jews said, see how much he loved him. But some of them said, he healed the eyes of the man born blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was deeply disturbed again when he came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone covered the entrance. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, the smell will be awful. He's been dead four days. Jesus replied, 
Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see God's glory? So they removed the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me. I say this for the benefit of the crowd standing here so that they will believe that you sent me. Having said this, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his feet bound and his hands tied and his face covered with a cloth. Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came with Mary and saw what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called together the council and said, what are we going to do? This man is doing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our people. One of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, told them, you don't know anything. You don't see that it's better for you that one man die for the people rather than the whole nation be destroyed. He didn't say this on his own. As a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would soon die for the nation, and not only for the nation, Jesus would also die so that God's children scattered everywhere would be gathered together as one. From that day on, they plotted to kill him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, the sermon title asks the question, is the light in you? But let me ask you another question or two first. Have you ever been overwhelmed with overflowing, terrifying fear? Have you been in that situation desperately longing for help? Maybe you were in a hospital or some other emergency service when everyone whose help you really needed seemed to be moving along at a slow pace, maybe waiting for the hands of the clock to finally hit their quitting time so they could just go home and put their feet up and rest a while. When you were desperate for help. Well, I'll tell you, my, my eighth grade Latin teacher, whose name I don't recall, she was a quiet lady who didn't do anything in a hurry. For example, one afternoon, the fire alarm sounded. She was writing on the blackboard, slowly. But she paused and thought. The alarm's going off. You can hear all the other people opening the doors and rushing down the house, rushing people going down the hall, and she's standing at the blackboard with the chalk in her hand. All of our class is ready to jump to our feet, burst out of the room, fast walk down the hallway, don't run, and out of that old building just, that just might be on fire. You never know it's a drill till they say come back in, right? We were eager to get outside to the designated safety zone, but not the Latin teacher. 
She paused a moment before calmly and casually announcing, well, I guess that's the fire alarm. So we should probably leave now. Boom, we left. And happily, it was just a drill. Now, perhaps like me, you've been in much more serious situations in hospitals, for example, like where you, like my eighth grade Latin class, just wanted to yell, come on, let's move, let's go, 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 <laughs> help. <laughs> well, that was the response of the disciples when they heard Jesus' friend Lazarus was sick and the sisters, Mary and Martha, had summoned Jesus. They talk about going for 16 verses. And they don't actually get there till verse 38. So why the delay? When Jesus says to the disciples, let's return to Judea again, they suggest prudence and caution. Rabbi, the, Jew, the opposition wants to stone you. And you want to go back? He does. Jesus tells them Lazarus is dead, but that he's going back to wake Lazarus for their sakes so that they would believe. Then the disciple that we call, Doubting Thomas, now they say called Didymus, Didymus, and he means the twin. You know how those twins are. <laughs> <laughs> Didymus says something ironic. Let us go too so we can die with Jesus. Well, before they get to the tomb, Jesus has three conversations. First, Martha comes to him with a complaint then she follows her fussing with an affirmation of faith. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now. Her affirmation is, even now. I know whatever you ask, God will give you. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Well, think about the situation. Jesus was in here, surrounded by first impatient and then misunderstanding disciples, they got confused about that he's asleep business, taunted by dubious observers, well, it seems like he would have showed up before now, confronted by disappointed finger-pointing sisters, Mary and Martha, who both said, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Moved by all the grief around him to tears. Standing before the grave of his friend Lazarus, Jesus defies the hard reality that the man's been dead for four days and things are going to smell awful. Jesus speaks. Jesus asks, acts, and Lazarus is alive. Now, by the way, notice that when Jesus called in that cave tomb, it wasn't a general call. He called Lazarus by name. Just as scripture tells us that the good shepherd knows his sheep by name. And elsewhere it says, our names are written on God's palms. Well, actually, Isaiah 45 to 53, the surprising response to the miraculous healing of Lazarus comes out. The chief priests and the Pharisees call everybody together and tackle a a basic question, what we're going to do? 
what are we going to do? This man's doing signs. He keeps this up. Everybody's going to follow him. Then the Romans are going to come in. They were afraid of the Romans. And with good reason. When Jesus called Lazarus back to life, they did not respond with belief. They did not have that sense of awe that sends chills down your spine and, and leads you to breathe a profound three-letter word. Wow. No way, their response was a four-letter word that leads to so many bad decisions. Fear. And fear would lead them to violence later. We learn that the authorities planned to kill Jesus, and then if you read on to the 12th chapter, you'll find they were so fearful they had decided to kill Lazarus too. You see, he was a walking testimony that Jesus Christ was God, and their fear was so great, they wanted to kill off poor Lazarus just to get rid of the evidence. Well, this story of Jesus raising Lazarus comes up in our Lent, in our lectionary, that three-year schedule of Scripture readings. It comes up now for a good reason. Just as Advent is a time for us to prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of Jesus, Lent is a time of preparing our hearts to remember the death and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus at Easter. In several ways, the dying and raising of Lazarus, in several ways that's similar to the events on that first Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Both tombs are near Jerusalem, both tombs are caves, both of them are covered with a large stone that has to be rolled away. Both times, Jesus cries with a loud voice. Both times, grave clothes have to be removed from the one who was dead and is now alive. But our hope is not based on the resurrection of Lazarus. Our hope is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about people who have died so that you won't mourn like others who don't, who don't have any hope. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose, so we also believe that God will bring with him those who have died in Jesus. Well, today, you know, I read you 53 verses to you but you only need to remember three of them. The first two are what Jesus said to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And the other verse to remember is the message that Martha gave her sister Mary. The teacher is here and he's calling for you. Do you remember what Jesus said when his disciples warned him, Rabbi, they want to stone you and you want to go back? He answered, aren't there 12 hours in the day? I did check this morning. The sun rose at mm, 6.57 and will go down at 7.37 tonight, so we've got a little more than 12 hours today. Aren't there 12 hours in the day? Whoever walks in the day doesn't stumble because they see the light of the world, but whoever walks in the night does stumble because the night is not in them. 
So I'll ask you what that sermon title asks you. Is the light in you? Thanks be to God. In this season of Lent, may God unsettle us. May God increase in us that nagging feeling that comes from honest awareness of the differences between the life we lead and the life we are called to lead. Now may the Holy Spirit transform us in newness. May the love of God uphold you, the light of Christ guide you, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy. Now and forever. 